So today's going to be a little different. Uh, it's already been a little different. Um, not really planned, but uh, not by me at least. So we're going to look today at uh, a few scriptures, and I really want to start out talking a little bit about our church, because uh, some people have known me for a while and some people haven't, and uh, you get involved in a church, and you kind of know, like, okay, what's this church about? And it would really help if the church had a website, which hopefully is going to be up real, real soon. So I work on it, work on it almost every day, and it's very close. But... Um, you know, don't forget our big launch is coming up in October. We're looking forward to that, where we'll have more advertising and, and uh, those type of things. But the way I would describe our church is a church of the Word and the moving of the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot of great churches around the world. There's a lot of great churches uh, in America. And I've only lived here, uh, I lived here in the 90s for a little bit, but recently I've only lived here for about a year and a few months. And um, so... Compared to other places I've lived, there's a few less churches uh, than what there are other places, and um, more seems to be more traditional style churches. And um, the Lord put it on uh, our hearts uh, really many years ago, since I was uh, stationed in the area. Then I uh, went for a couple years down to Georgia and um, attended a Baptist church where I got licensed and ordained and filled with the Holy Ghost. Not really at the church, but I was at a, a Bill Gaither um, uh, jubilate, they call it. Like, it's a big celebration at the end of the year. People say, you got filled with the Holy Spirit at a Bill Gaither concert? And I said, no, not really. Uh, it was just at the condo while we were attending the concert. It was December 30th, uh, 2000, uh, 1997. That makes me feel old. Um, at about, like, 11 o'clock at night, and we got filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. What I like to tell people is, I say, you know, I got a brand new Bible when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, people kind of look at you funny. And I said, well, it has, like, this is not the same Bible as I had then. It was a, a brown one. But um, it has the same words on it. And when I was a little kid, I Bible quizzed. And uh, I grew up in the Free Methodist Church. It was a good church. And, um, you know, didn't know some of the things that we know, but it was a good church. And um, so... I Bible quizzed, and so I would memorize, and we Bible quizzed in Romans and James and the book of Acts, and I remember those verses. So after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, I've got the same Bible. So I'm reading the Word, and I see these passages that I highlighted when I was Bible quizzing, and I read it, and I thought, that can't, I can't have highlighted that. I've never seen that before in my life. That, that cannot be right. And I looked at it, and sure enough, well, I was kind of slow. So I kept reading, and I read other things, and I thought, and I was like, oh, that is awesome. And I looked, and it was highlighted. And I thought, now how in the world did I highlight this and never, ever see this? So, you know, I had some light, but just not as much. You know, it's like you can, you know, talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can have a glass of water, but that you can have a glass full of water that's like overflowing. So I had the Holy Spirit. I just wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so when he comes, Jesus said, he's the spirit that makes things real. He's a spirit of reality. So he made his word, the word of God, so real to me that, I mean, I would just sit in my apartment for hours and just be amazed at what I was reading in the word of God. And um, I still do that, um, <clears throat> not for quite so much time, and I'm not quite as shocked because I've seen it, but I'm so shocked still when I see 
uh, how much God loves me and how much God loves people that spit on him, that hate him, that cuss him. Because I think, you know, like my fleshly tendency is like, you know, you treat me good, I'll treat you good. You treat me bad, I want to treat you bad. Well, I'm not supposed to do that. Inside my spirit man who's made a new creature in Christ is like, hey, stop, stop. You know, the Bible says that the love of Christ constrains us. So I don't yield to that. But sometimes you just feel like really telling somebody what you think of them. But we're to tell them what God thinks of them and how much he loves them. So uh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, then uh, I was about, I started sneaking off to a um, spirit-filled church because I was in the Baptist church, but I wasn't really filled there. Um, so I was sneaking off to the spirit-filled church and um, they said that this minister was going to come who was an older minister, and I always loved talking with older people because they had such wisdom. And I like, you know, a lot of people, like, when they were kids, they were afraid to go to the nursing home, so we'd have nursing home ministry. I'd love to go to the nursing home because I want to hear these stories <laughs> that they're going to tell me. Anyhow, I saw this guy. He's in his 80s. He's coming. Never heard of him before. And uh, so he came, and his name was Kenneth E. Hagen. And um, he came, and I, you remember, I was in the Baptist church and the Free Methodist church before that, so I wasn't really exposed to um, uh, moves of the Spirit, I guess is the best way to say it. So all I remember is we, he gets up in the meeting, the first night of a two-week meeting, and he gets up, and he's in front, and you know they have a time of worship, and he comes, and they turn the service over to him, and he started talking about electricity. How many have like, been shocked by electricity? I have. And Jeremy raised his hand first, and when he was moving out of his house to go to Bible school, I was, we were changing like the plate covers or something, and I said, now is the, is the power off? And I can't remember if you said yes or no, but somehow I thought the power was, I was not going to get shocked, but I got a shock. <laughs> and um, I, I'm sure he laughed. So uh, electricity can shock you. And growing up, my family always had, um, uh, they like to tease a lot. So uh, my great grandfather, who I, I never met, but he died when my older brother was, uh, I think, two or something like that. He remembered watching the stagecoach pull into town and out of town. So we got this old, I think it was from him, but I'm not sure. It was an old uh, crank phone, telephone, where you had to like crank, 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 and then you could make the call, so you give it power. It's a little generator in there. And um, so we took that and um, made it into what we call a shocker. And uh, so you had two ends of it, and somebody would spin it, and you hold the ends, and you start to feel this electricity pulse through you like this. And uh, in that day, uh, you know, I went to school in the 80s and 90s. We took it to school for show and tell. <laughs> and the teachers loved it, and the teachers would actually ask us, because there were four of us boys, and every year they'd be like, can you bring in the shocker? I want to do a lesson for the kids. And so we'd have all 25 or 30 students get around, the teachers having us do this, hold hands, and somebody starts cranking. <laughs> well, when you're like... Um, you know, have 25 or 30 people, nobody can really crank fast enough that it's that painful. But of course, four boys growing up, we want to test this on each other. So we figure out what's the most conductive. So we ended up soldering on uh, little pieces of copper pipe to it. So you could get, it could uh, conduct electricity better. And you, it was kind of hard because you hold onto those little wires and they get, they start to poke you. And uh, it's painful. So we thought, well, let's do this. So we'd do it, and I can remember like my older brother cranking it, and there'd be like two or three of us in there, and your hands would just start to like 
go in like this, you know, because of the electricity. And uh, anyhow, we had a lot of good times with that. And my wife, I don't know if she knew what she's getting into when we got married because for our rehearsal dinner, my family brought that. And so we had fun for the rehearsal dinner. Uh, a really good time. But uh, <laughs> praise God. Um, so he got up, and I don't know if you've ever read after John G. Lake. If you haven't, you should sometime. Amazing. The Lord really used him amazingly. And John G. Lake said, uh, the power of God in the supernatural realm or the spirit realm is like electricity in the natural realm. It can be transmitted and it can be transferred. And it's tangible. Tangible means it's perceptible to the touch. It can be felt. It can be sensed. It can be transferred. So he's talking about this, and I'm thinking, you know, so my dad's an electrician, and I'm thinking, like, this is like an electrician lesson. What, what are we doing? And um, then he started uh, speaking by the Spirit of God. And remember, I'm not really exposed to this. So I just think, wow, this is amazing words coming out of his mouth. Well, I, as I grew and understood later, he was prophesying. First meeting, first night, never heard of him before. And here's what he said. Um, he said, this is it. It's a turning point. This is a turning point. Some will turn toward the Lord and walk with him and enjoy the fullness of his blessing and will mount up from glory to glory and from victory to victory. Others will turn and walk in their own way saying, no, we don't need that and I don't understand those things. And turning back, open the door to the enemy and he'll ransack their lives, hold high carnival in their minds and defeat them in every aspect of their lives. And so mark it down. And remember, this is the turning point. This is the time and this is the place that we move on, that we move up, that we move out, or else we move back. And then he said, and I will add, and it's up to you. And he said, now which of you are going to, you know, that was by the Spirit, now he's talking. Now which of you going are going uh, to draw back or move forward? Everybody that's going to move forward, move on, move up. I want you to move forward. So like... It's, there's probably 1,500 people in the auditorium and at least 1,000 of them, maybe like 12 or 1,300 people just kind of rushed to the front. So you can imagine uh, the area was kind of bigger than this. Maybe if this desk wasn't here, you'd have this. And it's just packed with people. And the stage was a little bigger, so it went out further. Well, I'm like right over here. So I'm over here. Hopefully I don't feedback. I'll, I'll be okay. So I'm over here, and um, I'll come back. And uh, standing right there in this crowd, Brother Higgins up, a platform about that high, and he says, he just talked about electricity transfer, he said, be blessed, and I'm standing there, and right in front of me, all of these uh, people just <laughs> fell out under the power of the Holy Spirit, and I was like, because they fell right in front of me, <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> and um, right before he had done that, he stood in the middle, I don't know why I tend to tell that one backwards, so all the people are up there, and he said, be blessed. And about from here to halfway back in those chairs, about 15 feet, people fell out in the Holy Spirit, only in a perfect straight line from his hand. That was the first time. And the second time, it was like a spiral going out. And I, um, again, they fell right in front of me, and I thought, whoa. And then uh, he had his grandson come up and start ministering uh, for people's eyes to be healed. And I had just been filled with the Spirit uh, about eight months before, and started to realize, whoa, the, the, they're still healing today. Whoa, we have power over the devil. We're not stuck in what we were in. And so I'm just still amazed by all this. And you just want, 
I remember him saying when he was filled with the Spirit, you just want fellowship of people that believe the same. And so my heart was hungry for that. And um, so I'd seen a few healing services, but it was so strange because he was going down the line and he said, eyes be healed, eyes be healed, eyes be healed. And people started falling out. And then later on in the service, people started laughing. And, um, you know, it was foreign to me. I didn't understand what was going on. So I went home and I lived in an apartment. And I think at that time I had like a, a couch and a mattress on the floor and then some dishes. So I didn't have a lot in the apartment. But I went home to my apartment. I remember sitting uh, in my living room and I was kind of, uh, what would be the word for it? Not arguing with the Lord, but kind of talking to the Lord on the inside, like, Lord, what was that? What's going on? And I'm a very principled type of person, and I want to know that something's true, and if it's true, then I'm going to hold on to it and not let go of it. In fact, I believe in giving, and we talked about that uh, in the offering time. And, uh, but I believe in giving to people that are of God and doing the work of God. You know, I, and I'm generous too. I give to other causes, but I like to have most of my resources go where I know it's going to help the gospel get out. And so I only gave $5. I didn't have a lot then, obviously, evidenced by the apartment. But I was kind of nervous because I'm like, I don't know if this is of God or what this is. This is, this is a little strange to me. And um, so I'm meditating on that, thinking on that, and I start praying to the Lord about it. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know. Was this of you or was this not of you? You know, and I've heard of some things, but I've never experienced it. And it was a little strange and different to me. And uh, I love how the Lord spoke to me. And uh, you ever read Jesus and you think you see people asking questions? And, you know, uh, you know, I guess I've been talking a lot about the lady that um, was caught in the very act of adultery. And they're like, you know, what, Jesus, what about her? What about her? And he just always gives an answer that you kind of don't expect. You're like, give me a straight answer. I'm asking you, what should be done with her? And he's like, well, you're, you that are without sin, how about you throw the first stone? And, um, of course, nobody could throw a stone. Uh, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life. So, you know, uh, the word so full... Uh, just a really short side journey is that, you know, we've all messed up and done things that we shouldn't have done and not done things that we should have done, but the gift of God is Zoe, which is the life as God has it, the life and nature of God. So Jesus, I mean, right there in Romans, we learn that, yeah, we've all messed up, we've all sinned, but God, here's the answer for sin. This is this free gift of my life because you can't do it without my life. You might try, you might try really hard, but you can't do it without my life. So, the way he answered me uh, shocked me. Uh, I said, Lord, you know, what about this? He did not answer my question. He said, go back in the morning. I, I, can, I know this as clear as I know my own name. He said, go back in the morning. If you still have a problem with it, then I'll talk to you about it. So he wouldn't talk to me about it. He just said, go back in the morning. And I thought, I guess it wouldn't hurt. I mean, I, was through, I went through last night, <laughs> and I'm still alive, so I guess it wouldn't hurt. So I went back the next morning, and um, uh, Brother Hagen got up and uh, after we did a little bit of worship and started teaching on prayer. And it was like when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, how the Word just was so tangible and so alive, and I saw things. And he said, you know, open your Bibles. And so we started reading scriptures on prayer, uh, actually in the Old Testament, Isaiah. And so... He read the scripture, and I looked, and I, and I did the same thing. I did a double take. Like, I have never seen that before. How was that in there? And it, then I was like, well, that's pretty good. He turned to another scripture. Same thing. Another scripture. Same thing. 
And I thought, whoa, just something inside of me, you know, like, uh, like Brother Hague would actually say, it's a, it's a real good description. Your spirit's like doing flips inside of you, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he started praying, and I had never in my life heard anybody pray like that. I mean, he was praying like God was right there with him. And I was like, he believes this stuff. <laughs> and from that point on, he had me ever since because I had scripture and then demonstration of the scripture. And so I could uh, uh, put up with a little, what I thought at that time was excess and fanaticism wasn't, but what I thought was because I didn't understand it. And then as I started to look and grow, um, I started to see, well, that's in the word, that's in the word. You know, like when they approached Jesus to arrest him, what happened? All those guys fell down in the power of the spirit. And I mean, that's not the subject today, but there's uh, so much scriptural um, precedent and evidence for those things that uh, I had been judging by my experience and not by the word of God. And the Lord started to teach me and train me and lead me and guide me. And that's why, you know, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit because if you're led by the Spirit of God, you'll just be right on. Boom, boom, boom. Because why? The Spirit will never lead you outside the Word. So if you've got a leading that's outside the Word, you, you need to kind of um, check up and see what that leading is. So let's turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So that's like the beginning of my testimony. I remember being there in those meetings. And um, I... Uh, watched the team that traveled with him and thought, you know, because then I was there for two weeks, and they were, at that time he was having Holy Ghost meetings. And um, one of the main scriptures was, uh, uh, was it 1 Corinthians chapter 2 or 2 Corinthians chapter 2? Um, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I, brother, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my preaching, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, and here's what he'd always focus on, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And if you read after Paul, you'll find so many times, he's like, I don't want to come speaking to you with my own learning. And, uh, you know, I could say that to you, but it wouldn't really have the weight of Paul saying it to you. Because when I was like, is it by, I know it's at least by age 10, maybe younger, that the little um, Jewish children, they have to know like the whole Pentateuch. They have to know all of this stuff by heart and all of that. And he was one of the leaders of the leaders and he was like the chief persecutor of the church. He knew the Bible. Like he knew it. And, but he's the one that said, I'm not coming to you with all this stuff that I know. I'm coming to you in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith wouldn't stand in my wisdom or another man's wisdom, but in the power of God. Yeah. So we want our faith not to be in uh, what somebody says. And, uh, you know, you can have, get up in front of people and say a lot of good things. And you can maybe be a very, uh, when I say charismatic, I don't mean like filled with the spirit charismatic, but just like charismatic personality. People are drawn to you and you can be all of that and speak and say a lot of good things and say a lot of biblical things. But if you don't have the power of God, it doesn't penetrate into people's lives. It doesn't make a change. You know, I had a friend, I still have him, a good friend of mine, and um, he was in my wedding, I was in his wedding, and uh, about, uh, I don't know, I think it was three, maybe four years ago now, we were at a meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Winter Bible Seminar at Ramah, and uh, 
it actually was a really um, wild service. People are dancing and running, praising the Lord. And um, in the inside, I kind of had a nudge, like, you need to go minister to him. And he and his wife had been going through, uh, not marriage problems uh, that I know of, but um, just a real challenging time, and they'd made a move to another state and transition. And you ever been like, I feel like you're, uh, what do they call that, when the used to have a carburetor, and if it's not quite time, your timing is off on a car. So if your timing's off, it's like, don't laugh at me because I don't know that. But your timing's off, and you're kind of like, you're pushing the gas, but it's like you've got almost like something hold you back every time. Kind of a situation like that, I think, and, you know, just in their relationship with the Lord and different things. And I went over, and, man, I started to prophesy to him. And all this stuff started coming out, and um, I'm thinking in my head, whoa, I didn't know that all this was going on, and, like, that sounds pretty good and everything like that. And I just thought about this yesterday uh, as I was uh, preparing to speak. The Lord brought that back up to my memory. And man, if his life from that point didn't change like that, I mean, he ended up building like a a brand new house. He's a builder. He built a brand new house and really didn't have enough money to pay for it or to build it. But he was able to build it and he built it And then his business just skyrocketed. You know, the reason he built it is he told me, he said, my head was like, what are you doing? But my heart was like, you need to build this. You need to build this. So he built a beautiful house. And um, like, he's a woodworker too, so it's like custom, like hardwood floors. And his banister has all of this, like, he got a piece of really hundred and some year old, uh, what do you call it? A tree trunk that was laying underneath the bottom of a creek for years and years and restored it and made the banister out of that. And um, so that's like natural. But then they started being a part of this prayer group and their prayer group just took off and they're, they're just so on fire for God. And they are just loving the things of God. And so uh, spiritually, they're very blessed. Naturally, uh, they're blessed. They've got a, a great church. And it was really a, a, a pivotal point in their life. And I don't say that, I say that to brag on the Lord because... Uh, you know, somebody that's speaking to you is just that, a mouthpiece. But my words aren't going to change you one bit. You know, Brother Higgins, you know, one of, I have two spiritual fathers. He's one of my spiritual fathers. He used to say, I can't heal a fly's eyeball. I couldn't heal a gnat's wing. Just to kind of, you know, it's such a small thing. You can't even just heal that. No, I can't even heal that. It's the power of God that heals. Jesus is the healer. And so when you speak the words of God, we've talked about it in our series that we're kind of in the middle of, is that the gospel contains the power of God. And when you uh, preach the gospel, the same power that was present to raise Christ from the dead is present in when those words are spoken. And that word we learn in Hebrews goes to the very thoughts and intents of your heart. It goes actually, uh, you can't even divide like joints and marrow, it divides. The word of God is what can divide between soul and spirit. And um, so we, we read in the Old Testament that uh, it says, you believe God's promises and you'll be established. You believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. So, uh, you know, uh, the Lord was able to use us in that way. And like I said, that's not to focus on, oh, the Lord used us, you know, and that's happened uh, other times. It's not like an uh, isolated incident those type of things, but it's really to draw attention that you can go through life, and I would talk with him on the phone, 
month after month, and we'd pray, and I'd minister to him on the phone and encourage him, and, you know, uh, things that would even come up in my heart. But when the Holy Ghost moves, and there's an anointing for something, man, uh, you know, we also learned that the anointing, it's the anointing that destroys the yoke, removes the burden. So we don't ever want to have a church uh, or a get-together where we're not making room for the move of the Spirit of God. Because I could talk to you until I'm 85 years old about your problems, and I can't do anything about your problems. God can do something about your problems. And, uh, you know, in the older churches, that's why I'm thankful for my church growing up. Um, we used to come around uh, the altar at the end of service and pray. And you get answers from God. And we used to have testimony services where people get up and say what the Lord's doing. You know, most churches quit testimony services because most people would get up and say what the devil's doing instead of what the Lord's doing. <laughs> but sometimes people would, you know, say what the Lord's doing. And, man, the anointing had come on them. And this is like a non-spirit-filled church, and you, they're just almost preaching, standing up, testifying. Well, that's because, uh, you know, they're yielding to the Spirit of God. And um, one of the greatest things we learned uh, traveling with Brother Hagen and uh, being in the ministry in the school there was uh, how to be led by the Spirit of God. Because uh, Keith Moore says, a thousand and one things can be answered with two words, be led. Like, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Be led. You follow the leading of the Spirit of God. And, uh, you know, like Jesus uh, healing the blind man. Shouldn't he just go up and lay hands or shouldn't he just speak the word or what should he do? He told the one guy, he's like, you know, go make, you know, spit mud. I'm going to put mud on your eyes. Why did he do that? Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. So Jesus was fully submitted to God. Healing is true. He came to reveal who the father was and the father is the healer. He came to heal but there's many different ways uh, that he heals. So, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, and I'm reading the King James Version here. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into those dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit, and uh, differences of administrations but the same Lord. Um, there are diver diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Pay attention to that verse in particular. It's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. So... Uh, I don't have time for a super long lesson on this, but what I want to draw your attention to, first of all, is verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, and uh, the word gifts is in italics. Actually, in the Greek, it says, uh, now concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. I really, it would have been so much better, really, if the word gifts were not in there, because with the word gifts, all of a sudden, our mind does a shift, and I, I go to Christmas. I think of gifts. I'm like, okay, good. There's like a present, stuff like that. And um, 
Uh, I remember when I first started to see some light in this area, I was restoring some old tapes for Brother Hagen of uh, some friends of his, Brother and Sister Goodwin, and um, I'm restoring these tapes, and I'm looking, and I was like, oh, I always thought these were like gifts, like a present, like, oh, it's nice to get a present, but you don't really need to have a present. But I started to see, whoa, these are not those kind of gifts. You like, these are things that we need to have in the body of Christ. Actually, it says, when he ascended on high, uh, separate area here, talk, he's talking about ministry gifts here. These are uh, gifts of the Spirit. Ministry gifts, he gave gifts unto men. Well, if Jesus, when he's done and he completed everything and he's going up to heaven, he gave gifts to men, I suppose we probably need them. And so right here, it actually says, concerning things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, I would not have you ignorant. So we need to kind of get that gift out of our mind and say, okay, wait a minute. This is Paul. He's talking to a church at Corinth that was kind of like wild and doing a bunch of stuff and had to bring a little bit of correction because it could be a little too wild. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant about things about the Spirit of God and the move of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. And then down in verse 11, but all these, talking after he lists all of these manifestations... <clears throat> All these works that one and self-same spirit dividing severally to every man as he wills. In other words, he's going to cause these workings of the spirit to show up as he wills. Not as we will, but as he wills. <clears throat> Brother Hagin, you know, was really a prophet of God, but he didn't own the gift of prophecy. He operated in it, but he didn't own it. It didn't belong to him. If it belonged to him, he could use it anytime he wanted. You can't use the gifts anytime you want. You use them anytime the Holy Spirit wants. And so there are workings of the Holy Spirit. So is he working in our life? Is he working in our church? I suppose if he were working in our life and in our church, it'd probably show up something like these. What's a manifestation? It's an old big word. Manifestation, like how does it show up in that realm, in that way? What's a manifestation of this? How do you see it? How can you observe it and, and see? So how can you observe and see what the Holy Spirit's doing in our church? How can you observe and see what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life? Uh, well, it's going to look a lot like this. And so we elevate these things, especially if you're not, uh, if you don't operate in these a lot, you may elevate them to like some great minister that you know or that you heard or uh, somebody that's already gone to heaven, somebody that's here. But really, this is the way the Holy Spirit works. And if you look in the life of Jesus, Jesus is a great example, you can see um, the Holy Spirit did stuff through him only when he was in the synagogue. No, along the road, in the synagogue, here, there, everywhere. I remember Dad Hagen told us, he said, you know what, I've really had more manifestations, in other words, things showing up of these operations of the Spirit outside the pulpit than I have inside the pulpit. So these things are to be part of our, uh, part of our daily lives. And, um, you know, when we elevate something so high, uh, we almost put it so that it's unattainable. Like, this is for the spiritual people. Well, how many people here are born again, Christian, of the Spirit of God? If you're born again, you are the spiritual people. We are the spiritual people. Meaning, God has given us his spirit. We learn in Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said, you know, they're like, how, how did you curse this and die? And Jesus said, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Have God's faithfulness. In other words, how does that work? We just have the faith of God. It, you know, how many people think God's a liar? I don't, I should raise my hand down, right? God's not a liar. He's true. He's not unjust. He's just. So he's not going to tell us to do something that we can't do. And he actually said, Jesus said, the works that I do, you're going to do the same things and even greater works. 
because I go to the Father. And then he said, if I don't go to the Father, then the Holy Spirit can't come. But if I go, then he can come. And when he's come, he'll guide you into all truth. Remember I gave the illustration of like the words alive to me and all that? He's guiding me into the truth. He's showing me the right way. He's opening up the word of God to me. I can't read the word of God. If I read the word of God without the spirit of God, it's lifeless. It's like a history book. It's hard. Uh, what is it? Sometimes I never used the King James, so I went to Bible school, and then Brother Higgin always used the King James, so I've grown to love the poetry in it. But uh, King James says in one verse, these things are hard to be understood, you know, hard to understand uh, for people that uh, are not born again, that don't have the Spirit of God. But when you have the Spirit of God, you can understand and you can see and you can know because he's a spirit of seeing and knowing. And Brother Hagin, we prayed, uh, I mean, meeting after meeting after meeting. I was with him for five years and traveled full-time with him for two years. And... Um, uh, over those five years, uh, we would pray like every morning, all the time. Most of the morning meetings were prayer meetings. So we'd pray. We'd, he'd teach on the word just like he did the first time I saw him the next day. And uh, then we'd pray. And uh, we'd pray, uh, you know, Acts chapter 4, where uh, Peter and John, you know, let out of prison. And they said, you know, Lord, they're threatening us. So behold their threatenings and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had finished praying, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they started to speak. And um, we would pray that prayer. And then he started saying, you know, the spirit of seeing and knowing is going to come into a greater manifestation, speaking by the spirit of God. And uh, so uh, that's our day and that's our time that uh, these things will come into greater and greater manifestation. Now, I want to shift gears for just a second. With that, with that groundwork laid, um, things pertaining to and of the Holy Spirit, uh, I guess I'll, I should say this first, is that I can't use a better illustration than uh, Dad Hagen used because it really touched me. Two things. One is uh, if I start talking about, like, I don't know what your favorite food is, but a nice juicy steak or um, some ice cream, um, or uh, believe it or not, my favorite food is potatoes. <laughs> so like mashed potatoes, French fries, baked potatoes, <laughs> fried potatoes. I love potatoes. Um, and if you're hungry at all, you're probably going to start to think about food and be like, why is he talking about food? You know, I was already thinking about food. Or he also related it to when you start to talk about uh, sexual things, you can get aroused. So he started talking about being aroused. And the reason that you don't have a lot of uh, these manifestations in a church or in a group of people in a home is because you don't know about them. And when you start to know about something, you start to desire it. So uh, kind of a refrain that I want to do every once in a while, I was really trying to figure out, I was like, Lord, how am I going to fit this in? Because he laid on my heart like three weeks ago, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm in the middle of this series, and I think uh, sometimes... Uh, we get in a series, we want to keep on, and the Lord doesn't want you to keep on, you know. So since we only have Sunday service, I was kind of like, well, I need to get the series, but I need to do this, and just felt like this week, this is what I needed to do. And um, because I want not only in myself, but especially in my church, in us, I want us to uh, be thinking about these things and stir ourselves up, because um, if you look over in chapter 14, it says, desire spiritual workings, desire spiritual gifts, right? 
rather that you may prophesy so you can build up the church. So you have to desire these things. And you're not going to desire them if you don't ever hear about them, if you don't ever see them, if you don't ever uh, know that they exist. Or maybe you know, but you're, you're like, well, you know, I haven't seen it a lot, those type of things. Um, so we want to uh, cultivate a desire in our church and in our personal lives for God to show up in the ways that the Holy Spirit shows up and not make it some um, book of Acts 2,000-year-ago thing because it's present day here today, ministry, the way Jesus ministers to the church and through the church. Uh, and uh, how many of you guys know Kenneth Copeland? People know Kenneth, have heard of Kenneth Copeland? Like I said, when I heard of Brother Hagen, I didn't know the difference between him and Copeland. It was all new to me. And, um, well, his son-in-law has a church in um, Fort Worth, Texas, and um, I call it EMIC, and... Um, Melody and I had been there a few times when we lived in Tulsa. We had some friends that lived in uh, Fort Worth and were members of their church, and so we attended there uh, several times. His name is George Pearsons. Um, his wife's name is Terry, so that's, of course, Kenneth Copeland and Gloria's daughter. And um, so we went to their church, a great word church. I mean, they teach the word, preach the word. And, um, you know, about a year ago when we were moving out here, I had kind of stirring in my heart, you know, like, uh, I don't know how much you follow people that are going to be with the Lord, but Smith Wigglesworth and Kenneth Hagin and even E.W. Kenyon, some other ones, had prophesied throughout the years about this uh, last great move of God, about it being like this huge wave and all of this stuff that was going to happen. So I've heard about it since I came into the uh, fullness of the Spirit. And, um, you know, you kind of wonder, uh, when's that going to happen? <laughs> and uh, so... About a year ago, when we moved out, I kind of sensed in my spirit, like, wow, it seems like there's been a shift. Something happened. And almost like you enter the threshold of a room, but you're not, like, fully in there, but you just kind of barely got in there. And uh, spiritually like that. And I thought, man, something, I can't really put uh, exact words to it, but something's happened. And um, so I ended up uh, somehow looking at uh, something towards the end of the year from Kenneth Copeland's ministry, one of their... Um, online TV shows, and uh, he started saying the same thing. And then uh, Pastor Pearson was saying, like, man, at our church, we're starting to have these things, like, show up. There's, like, there's been a shift and a change. And my spirit, like I was saying before, it was just doing flips, like, whoa, yeah, I know, that's exactly. Because I hadn't, you know, when you have something from the Lord and you don't really hear anybody else that you respect, like, that's talking about it, you're kind of like, eh, am I missing it? Where, you know, am I out on my own? And um, so... I have two fathers in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagin, who's going on to be with the Lord, and then Pastor Mark Hankins, and uh, he's still here, thank God. And uh, so we were just in some meetings with them this past week, a special meeting that they have down in um, Louisiana, and he mentioned uh, he had just been at Pastor Pearson's church, and that the Lord, he said the Lord had told him to get the clock off the wall, take the clock off the wall. So they did. They took the clock off the wall. And they don't go by the clock anymore. Uh, so we're going to be here till 3. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we have a clock on the wall, uh, and we also have like a rental time frame. <laughs> but soon we'll have our own place, and we won't have to deal with that. But um, uh, so they took the clock off the wall. And, um, but one of the things, you know, they just had a prayer conference down there, and I, except for the Thursday morning, I watched every, every session uh, that was not the, they had a little breakout sessions, but the main sessions. 
And so George Pearsons was talking about this that the Lord had said to him like a year ago. And uh, one of the things that the Lord said to him was, he said, I want my church back. And man, that, that like cut to my heart. Like, you know, Jesus is saying, I want my church back. And um, so, uh, so many churches uh, and so many of us, you, you can kind of get in the routine and the mode of church and say like, well, it's uh, this long of a service and we're going to do, you know, four songs probably too upbeat and maybe too a little slower, and then we're going to have an offering, they'll have an offering song, and this is how it's going to go, and, you know, get into the routine of it, and I think a lot of times the Lord's like, um, the guy in the back of the room, like, trying to raise his hand, like, hey, 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 I want to say something, I want to do something, it's like, well, okay, it's uh, time to close, let's close and let's go, um, and that's, I'm just relating it to time, but I'm talking about, like, the content of the messages, the content of the services, where, you know, you use your notes or you don't use your notes, you're sticking to what you have planned or you're willing to um, humble yourself and follow the Lord. You think as a minister, of course you do that, but a lot of people um, don't. And even those of us that endeavor to do that, sometimes you um, don't do it. You know, we're imperfect just like everybody else. But that's our heart and that's our desire. But when he said, I want my church back, I thought, well, that is, that's a strong statement. And I started to think about, you started to look at churches and you know, before we started the services here, we visited several churches, and I watched several churches online, and because we had moved from Michigan to here, and um, trying to get to know the area and the people, and um, then I've been to several churches throughout the country, and you start to realize, you know, we say a lot of things. I'm here, I want the Lord to do with me whatever He wants to do with me, but uh, we don't really do that as much as we should. We should do it all the time. And uh, if we're not careful, you kind of slip up on routine and let the clock control you and um, uh, different things control you. So we're not here to do that. We're here uh, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because uh, the Holy Spirit can say things in an instant that can change your life. I remember at the church in Michigan, I was up front praying with some people, uh, praying with this lady, and um, she was telling me her situation, and uh, she was in a wheelchair, and... Uh, I was getting ready to pray for her, and this guy comes walking up. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I looked at her, because he came right, right next to her. And normally in a prayer time, it's kind of private. You don't want to, like, uh, have a whole crowd of people there. He comes up, and um, I didn't think. I just spoke. I said, uh, is that your husband, or are you just living together? And I heard myself say that, and I thought, oh, what did you just say? Why did you say that? How are you going to dig out of this one, you know? And um, she didn't hesitate. She was like, well, um, mm, uh, he, he's my live-in caregiver. And, you know, the Holy Spirit had kind of like told off on him. And she's coming up for healing. Well, uh, not a healing lesson, but many times you need healing in your body. And there's a reason why you're not healed. It's not because Jesus didn't accomplish it. It's because you've not put yourself in a position to receive it because you refuse to let go of things that you want, or in this case, maybe your flesh wants. And... So it can be uncomfortable to yield to the Holy Spirit on your mental abilities because your mind is like, ah, you know, <laughs> you just said, are you committing adultery? Are you? <laughs> um, so uh, thank God for the leading of the Spirit. I'm sure glad uh, that was by the Spirit and not um, on my own. Um, and I guess I'll finish out with... Um, Let's look at um, Ephesians chapter 5. 
Ephesians chapter 5. You know, so there's this big prayer conference that just finished last night. And in the prayer conference, um, praying, of course, for our nation and for the world. But there's like, I think there were a couple million people watching on TV. They just launched a new uh, television network. Kenneth Culver Ministries is their own, very own network. They uh, broadcast on Dish Network. And then streaming, there were 500,000 people streaming. So, uh, hmm? yeah, 500,000. And uh, we were one of those. And, um, of course, so I'm watching it. My wife came in and then my mother-in-law a little bit, my father-in-law. So even that number, 500,000, represents more people than 500,000. But all joining together in prayer at the same time around the world. And one of the things that um, I noticed about it is immediately I was brought back to our time traveling with Dad Hagen. And um, uh, Brother Hagen was interesting. <laughs> and uh, he loved to tease as well. This isn't necessarily a teasing thing that he did, but I think he got a lot of enjoyment out of it. And basically, you had to be ready, no matter what part of the team you're on, to speak at any time. Because he'd get up and he'd say, you know, one of my good friends, Philip, one of the singers, Philip, I believe the anointing's on you. Take it away. No preparation, no nothing. And you think like, oh, he did that. You know, you, you, I traveled with him for two years, you know, with him for five, but traveled with him for two. You think, oh, he did that maybe a couple times. No, like every group of meetings, there'd be like two or three times somebody else, you know, spur the moment. And basically he would watch and whoever the anointing was on, he'd say, all right, get up, you know, speak. And, in, you know, his church, he pastored, you know, he's like, uh, you know, he might be like, hey, Keith, you got something, go ahead and give it out like that. And then you'd have to act in faith and give it out. And, um, you know... Uh, uncomfortable again on your flesh because you're kind of like, ah, I didn't like pray to prepare for this and I wasn't studying to do this. But, uh, you know, the Bible says uh, that you're to be ready in season and out of season, that you're always to have a, a word and a reason for the hope that you have. So all of us have a testimony. All of us have something that we can give. But he would, uh, he would do that. So at these meetings, uh, that's what they were doing. And you'd have like, a lot of our friends uh, there, and they get up and speak, and, you know, in the middle, he's like, they're like, oh, come over here, do this, do this, do that, you know, and, um, uh, you know, Pastor Mark and Trina showed up uh, Friday afternoon, or Friday morning, rather, and uh, they spoke uh, at, what, two of the services or three of the services? They were, you know, for at least 30, probably 30, 40 minutes in some of them, and, um, you know... Uh, it's kind of fun to see uh, one of your mentors get up and the service is handed to them and they're kind of like, whoa. Uh, uh, my wife said to me, she's like, he, he needs Trina. And so he's like, uh, Trina, come over here. And so she got up and because they ministered together and she started speaking in other tongues and he gave the interpretation, and, uh, you know, just huge blessing. And he was supposed to leave Saturday afternoon to go to preach at a church, I think, in Kansas, and um, uh, he called up Pastor Pearson's because something was stirring his heart, and uh, uh, Pastor Pearson said, you know, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm getting ready to fly out, and he's like, I think you're supposed to stay. He said, I agree, so he stayed, and he ministered uh, last night there, and then flew out early this morning to go where he'd been scheduled to go, but uh, the reason I relate that is we are members of the body of Christ. And each have our own function. But none of us can function without the other. We actually function together. 
And um, Pastor Mark is probably a really good example of that because some churches uh, that he'll go to, they don't, they don't really want his wife to get involved. They just, you know, oh, we, we want you to come to speak and that's what's going to happen. And he preaches a good message, but there's uh, not the depth and the move of the Spirit that you might see in other meetings because uh, he's limited. Because the Lord anointed her and him to minister together. So, again, it's not how we wish they would work or how we want them to work or how we think it should work. It's how he set it up. And so uh, you can find that um, God's ways are higher than our ways and um, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So he, he has it set up. Uh, that's the best possible way. And, you know, um, Smith Wigglesworth, one of the prophecies he, he gave was in 1947, he said he actually prophesied the charismatic move, and he prophesied the word of faith move of God, and he prophesied and said, you know, during like those, people are going to say like, this is the last great thing, but it's not. They'll say it is, but it's not. And he said, but then the last great move will be a move where the word people and people of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost come together. And that move will never ebb. It'll never start to wane. It'll actually just usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. And um, so that's kind of what's happening. Like we were, you know, at Pastor Pearson's church. And it was a great word church. And now he, um, he's just having a big time <laughs> being full of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, I got rid of the clock. You know, and he's running and dancing. And um, I just can say that because we knew him from before. And he was more, uh, much more reserved. And, uh, well, we got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And uh, the spirit of liberty gave him liberty, set him free. So it's for us to stay full of the Holy Spirit and stay yielded to God. And um, one of the ways we do that um, is uh, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord, Ephesians 5. Uh, 18 through 20, you can read that uh, later. And, um, you know, really, if you look at Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5, uh, we learn that um, we're really to work together and not be self-centered. You know, 4 verse 32 says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. And then verse 5, uh, excuse me, verse 1, chapter 5, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, and offering a sacrifice for God that's a sweet-smelling savor. And then flee all kinds of uh, sin. And uh, um, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And, um, and in verse 16, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, therefore, uh, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine, Whereas excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So you want to be full of the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourself psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That means you're always kind of connected with God, ready to go, ready to give out, and um, you know we'll we'll study this further as time goes on, but. Uh, the point is to be yielded to the Spirit of God and say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. Not my name, but your name be glorified. And um, not our church, but your church be lifted up. Uh, so that if we lift him up and we lift Christ up, we learn that we'll draw people to Christ. Yeah. If we lift ourselves up, then we draw people to ourselves. And um, 
you know, I don't know about you, I just know me, but myself is not that interesting. But God is full of revelation after revelation after revelation. If you stand with me, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, we thank you. I thank you for um, the experiences that you've permitted me to go through. Father, I thank you for um, the power of your spirit that uh, we're not left uh, alone, that when Jesus left, we don't have to say, oh, I wish I was with him. I wish, I, I wish he was still here. But Father, that you're right inside of me by the presence of your spirit, that you're right inside of each and every believer, that you're inside of each and every one of us, and that uh, things that our head doesn't understand that you can show us and reveal to us and open to us and uh, help us to grow in, help us to move in, help us to um, um, allow you to show up not only in our lives, but especially in the lives of those that do not know you. Father, I pray for each of us that are here that you give us a fresh infilling of your spirit. Father, I thank you that your word says to be being filled. So we just right now, by faith, we receive a fresh infilling of your spirit. Father, we thank you for filling us up to the full. Father, we thank you for giving us words to speak. Father, we thank you that you've given us a prayer language that we can pray to you. And when we speak in other tongues, that we pray to you and not to men. Father, uh, because nobody understands us, but you understand us. Father, we thank you that when we pray in an unknown tongue that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you that we're not uh, limited to our intellect or to our knowledge, but we have your spirit who makes us look smart, who shows us smart things, who shows us things that we wouldn't know and even shows us things to come. So, Father, we thank you for a mighty outpouring of your spirit. Father, we thank you for a mighty outpouring uh, in these days and these times. Father, we thank you for a supernatural September, Father, but we thank you for the outpouring, a special outpouring in the month of October of this year. Father, we thank you uh, that around the world you've initiated some things in your body. And Father, we uh, just tell you right now we want to take part and we're going to take part. Father, we thank you that you have your eye on us right here in Washington, D.C. area. Oh, Father, we're so thankful and so grateful uh, for all of your blessings and all of your promises. But Father, but we're not content to look at them in the pages of a book. Father, we want to see them showing up in our daily lives, in our friends' lives, in our family lives, in the lives of our enemies. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over this city, over this region. Father, we ask you to rise up more churches and more people to reach this area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, churches that will be unashamedly uh, for you and for your spirit and for your power. Father, our faith is not in uh, our wisdom, but in your power. And Father, I thank you for your power present in each of our lives right here today, right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory and we give you honor. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I have just a little something. 
And so as you see and as you know, a spirit of seeing and knowing will come in a greater way than what you've seen and what you've known. And you'll start to hear things that you had not heard, maybe even for years and maybe ever in your life. And you'll hear things that will come up like a water welling up from a deep well, from a spring shall well up within you. And you'll find great strength and you'll find great understanding. And you'll find great knowledge that will cause you to enter into my plan for your life that I planned before the foundation of the earth. And that plan will not cause you to hold back, but that plan will cause you to step out in boldness and step out for me and step out and testify that Christ lives in me and he's changed me and he will change you right here, right now. And my power will show up. And it'll not just be a little bit, but it'll be a lot. It'll be an abundance. It'll be a place and a grace that you've not experienced before. So don't yield to your flesh and yield to your mind and get stuck in the thoughts of your mind and say, I don't understand that. I'm afraid of that. I'm not going to go into that. Just turn to me, turn your heart to me, and you'll see it'll become clearer and clearer and clearer. And you'll see it in the word and you'll see it by my spirit. And you'll say, this is the way it should have always been. This is the way I should have always lived. I can't believe I waited so long to enter in. And so now I enter in and I rise up and I move over and I move on and I move into the plan of God. For God has a plan for me and for you and for you and for you and for you. And I'll no longer sit by the wayside wondering when's this going to happen? How's this going to happen? I just step in right now by faith. I enter in and I say, oh, 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 this is a great place. This is a grand place. And I rejoice and I say, God is God and he's my God and he's my father. He loves me and I love him. So I enter on in, I enter on in, I enter on in. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So there's days of glory that are in the offing. There's days of glory that are just ahead. And as you walk and as you move and as you pay attention to the realm of the Spirit, give extra attention to the realm of my Spirit and you'll see. Keep your uh, antennas up and pay attention and notice what's going on. And you'll take part and you'll be a part. And I'll use you and I'll speak to you and I'll speak through you. And you'll be allowed to bring many souls to salvation. Many thirsty hearts shall be fed and shall drink from the water of salvation, shall drink from the water that flows out of your mouth, that flows uh, through your hands. And you'll bring life and understanding because I live in you and I dwell in you. And it's not based on your ability and it's not based on your knowledge, but it's based on my spirit and from my word. So meditate in my word and yield to my spirit and you'll find you've got the word, you've got the thing to say, you've got the thing to do, and I've anointed you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for a great day. Father, thank you for your word that brings us revelation and understanding. I pray for each of us that our hunger for your word and for your spirit would uh, be fanned, that the, that flame would be fanned and fanned and burn brighter and brighter and hotter and hotter. Father, that we get outside of ourselves, uh, even like we were singing that song, that we can't contain, that we can't control. Father, we give you access to our lives, not only in church, but especially outside of the church service. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.